as one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Into the republic for which it stands. The Democratic National Committee is located in the Watergate office building. The burglars forced a stairwell door, then taped its latch open. Well, I'm not a crook. I shall resign the presidency effective at noon tomorrow. One nation under God. This is as close as we can get to the base of the World Trade Center. And you can see the two towers, a huge explosion now raining debris on all of us. We better get out of the way. Good Lord, there are no words. Indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Title IX, the landmark civil rights law. It marked a watershed moment for women's rights when it passed in 1972. And the Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade. Legal Anatomy of Current Events, preparing for launch. Legal Anatomy of Current Events, launch sequence started. D-16, IU green to go, propellants pressurized. T minus 15, legal anatomy of current events. SC ready and green to go. T minus 14, FOS ready, green to go. T minus 12, S1C fuel tank pressurized. T minus 11, SC green to go. Legal anatomy of current events, green to go. T minus 10, internal power, green to go. LES ready for ignition. T minus 9, 8, 7. We have ignition. Five, four, commit for launch. Green, three, two, one. We have liftoff. Repeat, we have liftoff. Legal anatomy of current events, all for you. Now on the air, target locked. Good morning, America. Welcome to Legal Anatomy of Current Events. I'm Gary Bell, along with Brad Pollock. Brad Pollock's not with us today. Our law firm is Bell and Pollock, as you know. We bring this show to you to give you the legal breakdown and the legal analysis of current events in our country. We want to anatomize your mind. What does that mean? We want to teach you and train you to break these current events down to their legal anatomy, their legal parts, so that you can understand it. We try to do it every week, and we do it so that you will have the information you need and want so you can make up your own mind on every issue. This is a nonpartisan show. It's a non-biased show, but we do cover very hot topics, and we're glad to do it. You can reach us anytime at info at legalanatomy.net. Okay, what's on our mind today, right? Mickey Mouse versus Governor DeSantis. What? Mickey Mouse versus Governor DeSantis of Florida and prisons and prisons. Tell you what. You've all heard the story, right? Disney, Walt Disney, Walt Disney World, Mickey Mouse, everybody's fighting, everybody's blaming each other. But you've heard that you've heard the story. And Governor DeSantis now, and it all originated out of the statute that was passed about schools, and you can't can't talk about certain subjects in schools, and there's there's restrictions. You've heard the story. And that's that's where it all started. And the employees of Walt Disney wanted their CEO to contest that statute. So there would not be restrictions in schools on, on sex education, etc. And when, when, when the CEO of Walt Disney World did that, then that angered the Republicans, angered Governor DeSantis, and then the war was on. The war of Florida and Governor DeSantis versus Mickey Mouse and Walt Disney. But I tell you what, 
do you really, really know the legal analysis of all this? We've heard the story. Do you know what the legal breakdown is, the legal anatomy of all the component parts of this fight, this war that's being waged in Florida? Do you, do you know about Reedy Creek? Reedy Creek, R-E-E-D-Y. Ever heard of Reedy Creek? That's an essential part of this legal analysis. Reedy Creek. Today, you're going to learn about the legal anatomy of Mickey Mouse and Goofy and Governor DeSantis and Walt Disney. You're going to learn about it. You're going to know about it. You'll have the information that you need and want to make up your own mind. You're going to find out about Reedy Creek. You're going to find out who started this fight, right? The pure legal analysis. So that's why you're here. That's why we're here. Let's get started. In the beginning, Walt Disney World, right? They were looking for they were looking for acreage in Florida. They wanted to build Walt Disney World. They were looking for a lot of acres. I think it was twenty seven thousand acres. Think about that just a minute, so you get this in the proper perspective of this fight, because we're going to go through the legal analysis and give you it, the legal analysis. But you got to have the understanding. Twenty seven thousand acres, and a lot of it was you know sort of in the country, sort of swampland, and some shell companies, shell corporations were formed. Why were they formed? Because when you have a transaction that big, if somebody finds out about it, it's going to drive the, the prices of property up. But if you, find, if you have shell corporations, in the law they're called straw men, straw men. If you have straw men, nobody can really ascertain who's buying the property, who's selling the property. They do it all the time. If you've ever been to Palm Springs, California, hello. All the movie stars come to Palm Springs, right? And that's a fascinating story by itself. Because the studios used to control them. They couldn't go very, very few miles past the studios. They went to Palm Springs, but they all bought their houses under the name of a straw man. So you couldn't figure out who owned the house. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of on a side trip here, but it's kind of interesting because then when you drive around Palm Springs, they have a plaque on the outside of the wall that says, this is Gary Cooper's house. Hello. So it's, it's kind of interesting, but there is the concept of the straw man. Back to Mickey Mouse. Back to Goofy. Back to Governor DeSantis, back to prisons. So they let Disney World move in, and it was going to be a great boon for the economy, big time. Wow. Walt Disney World and Epcot Center. Think about that. And Epcot, the community that Walt Disney never lived to see or fulfill or finish. We still have Epcot Center, but we don't have his original idea. That, that died with Walt Disney. I think he passed away in 1966. I'm not, I'm not quite sure of that date, but it went with him. So all this is going to boom, be a great boon to the economy. But as part of the transaction, as part of the deal, we want the state of Florida to pass a statute to give us a special district at Walt Disney World, a special district, a special taxing district. Well, the legislature said, that's, that's pretty cool. I mean, you're going, to, you're going to create thousands and thousands and thousands of jobs. And, and everybody's going to come here and everybody's going to want to go to Walt Disney World. So that's good. We're good with that. So they passed a statute to create a special taxing district that is controlled and owned by Disney and Mickey Mouse. I love Mickey Mouse. So we'll just keep talking about Mickey Mouse. When I say Mickey Mouse, I mean Disney. So they passed a statute to create a special taxing district called, ready? You remember from a minute ago, it's called Reedy Creek. R-E-E-D-Y Creek. Reedy Creek. Special district. And so for years, Mickey Mouse and Disney were controlling their own destiny. They had this special district. Who were, who were the five members of the board? From Walt Disney. And they, you know, think of the Vatican. 
They're, they're sort of a country and a state and a city all unto themselves. You know, they don't have to pay taxes to anybody. Think about that. It's not exactly the same, but close. Okay. So then you've got Reedy Creek. You've got Disney controlling it, and everything's cooking along. For years, nobody's bothering anybody. And, Disney, and, and what does Reedy Creek do? Well, that controls the, the municipal services, construction, environmental matters, right? I mean, you've got all kinds of rides. You've got all kinds of sightseeing events. You've got people there all over the place. It controls roads, maintenance of roads, building of roads, everything a district would do. But it wasn't owned or managed by the state of Florida, right? It wasn't owned or managed. Reedy Creek. And, and, and so how did this come about to be this fight? So the fight comes when the employees of Disney World tell their CEO and put a lot of pressure on the upper management to object to Governor DeSantis' statute, but not talking about sexual matters, sexual orientation in schools, and that statute passed. And then the war was on. Mickey Mouse and Disney versus Florida. Not in court yet, but I'm giving you the legal anatomy of this matter, the legal breakdown. So now you know about Reedy Creek. You now know about a special taxing district that pretty much was controlled or wholly controlled by Mickey Mouse and Disney, right? So then comes Florida and says, you can't do that. You've made us mad. We, we're going to take away your special taxing district. We're going to take it away. And so sorry about that. We, the state of Florida, are going to control it legally. Well, how does that work legally? You don't hear about this stuff in the news. You hear the news about the fight. You hear about the, uh, about the allegations back and forth. This party rails against this one. Mickey Mouse and Disney rail against Florida. Florida rails against Mickey Mouse and Disney. But you don't know why. And now you know about Reedy Creek. And now you know about a special taxing district that controls pretty much everything. I mean, if you lived in a municipality in Florida or Maine or Oregon, well, the municipality has the power to make taxes control the government, the police, right? The governing bodies and entities, taxes. Did I mention taxes? Yeah. So Disney World was given a great boon to the Florida economy and they were just enjoying themselves all along. Now the fight starts and Florida says legally, we're going to take it over. But how are you going to do that? You can't just say as governor, I'm taking it over. That didn't work. So let's look back in the history of the law. This taxing district was created by a statute. Ah, well, how do you change the statute? Well, you get the legislature together and you either amend or you repeal it, right? Now, we're going to take a little sidebar here. I'm going to come back to it, but we're going to take a little sidebar. What's the reported potential impact on Governor DeSantis if he doesn't win this war? Well, there have been those that said he's going to look weak. He's going to hurt his presidential uh, running. He's going to hurt his presidential race. He's going to hurt his presidential ambitions because he's going to be seen as somebody that can't get this thing under control. If you can't get this under control, what can you get under control? That's not me. I'm just reporting what, what the sides are. Then what's Disney's problem? What's their, what are their risks? Their whole reputation is at stake, right? I mean, they need to maintain a favorable relationship with the people of Florida. <clears throat> Excuse me. They need to maintain a favorable relationship with people. People in general need to come and see Walt Disney World. And a misstep could lead to a potential backlash. So there's a sidebar ramifications for both Florida and Mickey Mouse, right? So how does this work? The Reedy Creek Improvement District, that was created in 1967. Think about that. From 1967 to the present, this has been Reedy Creek Improvement District has been cooking right along. No problem. 
passed in the statute. Sure, Mickey Mouse, you come on in, you buy 27,000 acres, you build all these beautiful hotels, casinos, venues, rides, Magic Mountain, whatever you want to call it, and we'll let you have Reedy Creek Improvement District. We'll call it the Reedy Creek Improvement District Act, and it'll all be, all be for yours. And you can control real estate. So now think about this. What parties do we have <clears throat> legally? We have Disney, which is a landowner, okay, just like you and your house. Disney is a landowner legally, and the Reedy Creek Improvement District is a government agency. But it's all controlled by Disney. Very unusual, but allowed by statute, by the Reedy Creek Improvement District Act in 1967, right? And think about the swampland and the rural property when it was first being, being developed. And if you, if you have any doubts what an improvement district can do, I mean, they can tax, they have governing powers, they can establish boundaries, they can establish policies, they can establish purposes. They're a self-governing um, governmental entity, basically, that bypasses all the traditional local uh, government agencies, including the, government, the governor and including the Florida legislature. Now we're mad. Now everybody's mad, right? So it's, it's controlled by a five-member board of directors. And if you also think about it, it controls land use, it controls zoning, it controls environmental impacts and regulations. It's not just a do-nothing board. It's not just an in-the-name-of board. It's a board that has real powers. So now, I mean, let's go back to the legal part of it. The state of Florida decides and Governor DeSantis side decides, well, what is this animal? Well, this animal was created by statute. Well, okay. So, I'll tell you what. Let's repeal or amend the statute. <laughs> and this legal analysis just gets better by the minute. Really, it does. So while that's going on in the Florida legislature, they're going to repeal the statute. They're going to draft up a new statute. They're going to have new language. They're going to abolish and get rid of Reedy Creek Improvement District. Goodbye. Well, as I, as I say, where I grew up back at the ranch, back at Mickey Mouse's house, right? What, the, what are they doing? Well, they've got a contract into effect now. We're gonna, and we're going to talk about contracts in this show. Oh, Gary, come on. Contracts are boring. Not here. Not today. Not boring at all. So Mickey Mouse gets a contract, writes up a contract, a developer's contract. Let's call it that. That's what they called it, a developer's contract. So now we got two forces in action. we got the Florida legislature pounding the table. We're going to pass a new statute, working on a new statute. And then back at the ranch, which is Disney World, Mickey Mouse's home, they've crafted an agreement called a developer's agreement. And the agreement gets signed, and it, becomes, it takes effect. But wait a minute. Hold your horses. Hold them. To have that happen, you, you, if you're Mickey Mouse, you've got to publish the existence of, well, we're going to have a new contract here. And you've got to notice it. And you've got to have a public hearing. Remember what we taught you under administrative law? You have to have a public hearing. You have to give everybody notice. Well, they have to give notice that they're going to make a new developer's contract. Oh, I think you've already guessed the next part. I'm pretty sure you have. Florida and the governor and the legislature completely missed the open public hearing dates. They could have objected. They completely missed it. It went under the radar. Nobody caught it. So they kept it open for the required statutory period of time. They noticed they were having a hearing. They noticed the hearing was about, we're going to have a developer's contract. We are going to create a new contract while you're up there in the legislature trying to figure out how to pass a new statute to kill us. 
So the developer's contract went into effect. Now we've got a valid binding contract. I mean, don't you just love this legal analysis? Come on, come on. It's better than afternoon tea, isn't it? Really, seriously. All right, so we got a new contract with who? Mickey Mouse and Reedy Creek. Wow. And it's a done deal. All the I's were dotted. All the T's were crossed. Notice was given. A public hearing was held. Public, a public period of time was left open for anybody to object, but nobody objected, right? So now we've got back at the legislature in Florida, they passed this new law, this new statute, and they said, ah, that did it. And if you even ever, ever look on their website, they said, we've gained control. There's a new sheriff in town in Florida. It's Governor Ron DeSantis, and there's a new sheriff, and we have passed a statute taking over Reedy Creek. We're going to take it over, and we're going to rename it, and we're going to name it the Florida Tourism Oversight District. Yeah, because we don't like Reedy Creek anymore. We don't like that name. The Florida Tourism Oversight District. That'll be our district, the state of Florida district. Then we can control taxes. We can win this war. We can control land use. We can control zoning. We control management of roads. We control maintenance of roads. That'll be the deal. So they did do that. And so they said, we're going to take over Reedy Creek with our new district, This is the legal breakdown. This is what legal anatomy is all about for you. We're going to take over Reedy Creek, and we're going to appoint our own members of the board. And so, Mickey Mouse, how do you like that, right? Well, guess guess who who the governor appointed on the new Florida Tourism Oversight District Board? Well, the first one was a name named Martin Garcia. He's a Tampa lawyer, prolific Republican donor, whose private investment firm contributed about $50,000 to DeSantis' re-election. And the next one was Bridget Ziegler. She's a Sarasota County School Board member who is a co-founder of the conservative organization called Moms for Liberty and the wife of Christian Ziegler, the wife of Christian Ziegler. And who's Christian Ziegler? He's the new chairman of the Republican Party in Florida. So those are, the, those are the, some of the new board members. So they come in, and then Mickey Mouse and Disney say, well, you're here, but we have a contract, a developer's contract, and you can't interfere with our developer's contract because under Article 1, Section 10 of the United States Constitution, that prohibits states from impairing the obligations of contracts. So you passed a statute which has affected and impaired our contract, and you can't do that, at which time you can just imagine the result and the reaction from both sides, Right. And so, and now, and still in the, in the press, you still got go, things going back. Disney is, pro, you know, proclaiming they're, they're standing up and going to support the LGBTQ community and, and what's going to be said in school. And, and Florida saying, no, you're not. You can't do it. We've already, we've already covered that ground, right? And so that's where we, that's where we are on that, on that part of the legal anatomy, this developer's agreement. Then when the new board got in, they reported Board member Ron Perry, P-E-R-I, reported, <laughs> you know, we are on the board, but we don't have any power. We have very little power. Maybe, maybe we have the power to maintain roads, and maybe we have the power to maintain basic infrastructure. But there's this agreement, this contract that they passed. And guess what the terms of the contract are? You're going to love this. Mickey Mouse said, well, I'm going to protect my name. So the contract says nobody can ever use any intellectual property of Disney like Mickey Mouse or Goofy or any of the derivatives thereof. None. Can't use any of them. Can't even refer to them. And they made the contract in perpetuity, meaning forever. 
Now, there's a whole other complicated law I'm not going to cover today called the rule against perpetuities, uh, you know, and that's called in a, in a law course called future interest. But, um, I mean, if you really want me to put you to sleep, I'd cover that with you today. But they made a contract in perpetuity, and there's all kinds of arguments that you can't do that because the general black letter law is that you can't have a contract, you know, it's lives and being plus 21 years. And so there's this argument that you can't have a contract forever in perpetuity. <laughs> they even made it in perpetuity until 21 years after the death of the last survivor of the descendants of England's King Charles III. Think they were having fun with this? Think they were, think they were protecting anybody's interest, like Disney's interest, like Mickey Mouse's house? Then there was a legal expert that came out and, looks like, and said, one of them said, well, it looks like Disney did everything by the book. They had a hearing. They, they notified it. They publicized it. Nobody came. Nobody objected. It became a contract. So now Florida says that's no contract. We're not going to honor that contract. And Disney and Mickey Mouse says, yes, you are, because we got a contract here before you passed your new statute. And so we still have Reedy Creek Improvement District, and you don't have the Florida Tourism Board anymore. And if you do, you don't have any power. And this is in perpetuity. So Florida passed a statute that says you can't do that if it's within, I don't know what, a 60 or 90 days of us taking over. Well, isn't that convenient? That's how the legal anatomy works. We, do, we break this down in its legal anatomical parts for you, right? So we got this development, developer's agreement, a contract, and we got section, Article 1, Section 10 of the United States Constitution that prohibits the states, that's Florida, the states, that's Colorado, these states, that's Maine, the United States Constitution prohibits the states from, quote, impairing the obligations of a contract, end quote. So we have a contract between Mickey Mouse and Disney and Reedy Creek Special Taxing District, and then we have a statute by the state of Florida that tries to take it over. They took it over. They appointed a new board. The governor came out and says, we got a new sheriff in town. That's me. We got new laws. That's us. That's Florida. And we're taking it over. And they took over something that they don't have much power over and nothing what they wanted. And they're, and they're saying that doesn't apply. It doesn't work. Article 1, Section 10 of the United States Constitution prohibits the states, that's Florida, that's your state, where you live, prohibits the states from impairing the obligations of contracts. So who's going to win this one? You're going to tell me, right? I mean, you're going to give me the answer, right? Well, if you ever looked at the law, and I'm not going to bore you to death with obligations of contracts, you go back to the 1800s all the way up to the present, the United States Supreme Court has interpreted this phrase, prohibits the states from impairing the obligations of contracts, prohibits and has interpreted that phrase to mean so many different things. Unbelievable. Maybe I'll do a show on that sometime. Impairing the obligations of a contract. So we certainly have a contract. It certainly was by the book. It certainly was noticed. It certainly was after the result of a public hearing. It was nobody objected. We have a statute, right? Now think about this a minute. The Florida state of Florida has a statute. What about this? What if, what if Boeing contracted with United Airlines? I'm just making this up. What if Boeing contracted with United Airlines to sell them 990 supersonic jets? Whoa. But what if the FAA came in and said, um, you have, you've already got a contract on that. We see that, but you can't do that. We can't have 90 supersonic jets flying in our skies. It's difficult to, to control. It messes up our algorithms in our control towers. Okay. So can the government pass a statute to defeat the contract between Boeing and United? What do you think? How about this? You got a local farmer 
They'll, you know, over on the western slope of Colorado, they got Palisade peaches. Everybody loves them. So somebody wants to sell Palisade peaches to the grocery store. And they enter into a contract, a contract to do that. And then the government comes in and says, no, we passed a new statute that says you can't sell exclusively to grocery store XYZ. That's illegal. So the state of Colorado made, I'm making this up, a statute to bar farmers on the western slopes of Colorado to sell their Palisade peaches to a certain store. How do you feel about that? Okay, so you're getting a flavor of what the United States Supreme Court has done in the last, I don't know, 150 years to this provision, Article 1, Section 10 of the United States Constitution that says, prohibits the states, quote, prohibits the states, that's Florida, from impairing the obligations of a contract. So, where is this case headed? I mean, you're now brought up to date, a full legal anatomy, a full legal analysis of Mickey Mouse versus Florida. And then on top of it all, Governor DeSantis said, uh, well, I'm just going to put a prison next year. I'm just going to put a prison next year amusement park. See how you like that. Now, you've got a full legal analysis, and somebody's going to sue somebody, and some court's going to have to decide it. And it's going to be a lower court somewhere, probably in Florida, maybe a federal court, maybe a United States district court, maybe a state district court. And then it's probably going to get appealed. And probably, I mean, yeah, it will be appealed. And then where's it going to end up? In the United States Supreme Court. All right. How'd you like that? Your legal anatomy of Mickey Mouse, Disney, Goofy versus the state of Florida. I tell you what, now we're going to have a little bit of fun as we do every week at the end of every show we do here for you. And by the way, you can get a hold of us anytime at info at legalanatomy.net. I'm Gary Bell. My partner's Brad Pollack. Our law firm is Bell and Pollock. We're out of Denver, Colorado. We have a special email for Legal Anatomy. That's info at legalanatomy.net. Okay, we're going to talk about an American idiom today. Speaking of money and taxing and lots of money and costs, what does it mean when somebody says, wow, man, that costs an arm and a leg? That costs an arm and a leg. I think you know what it means. Somebody is going to cost somebody an arm and a leg to fight this fight in Florida. It's going to cost somebody. And since the special taxing district of Reedy Creek is still intact, I think they're still handling the taxes and the money and the property. But costing an arm and a leg, it means it's going to cost a lot, right? It's going to cost a lot. And don't forget about our quote of the day. Come on, hang in there with me. Our quote of the day, we always have a little fun. This one's by Henry David Thoreau. You've heard of him, right? Henry David Thoreau. His quote. Is, this might be this might be applicable to Mickey Mouse in Florida. His quote: "It's not what you look at that matters; it's what you see. It's not what you look at that matters; it's what you see." You know, and as a as a corollary to that, I read somewhere, and I wish I could remember where. I read somewhere that if you if you want to change your personality, change your being, change your your life, it's called the flashlight principle. Right? Go out at night in your backyard. What do you see at night? Pitch black. Not much. Turn on the flashlight. Now what do you see? Wow, a new thing. We're having a little fun here. Legal Anatomy of Current Events. Gary Bell, Brad Pollock, our law firm is Bell and Pollock. We're glad to do this show for you. And on behalf of Mickey Mouse, Goofy, Disney, Florida, Florida Legislature, Ron DeSantis, and the proposed prison, we will see you next week.